Welcome in to the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mader with you for all things racing as... Hello. Trevor, it's good to have you back on a show. It's great to be back. You make it sound like it was my fault we didn't have a well, show last week. That, that was my fault, yeah. but, but I've been by myself the, the last two times So we prior. haven't actually had a show, with, but we've done podcasts. Um, if you guys have listened, thank you for that. Um, but we haven't actually had a show <laughs> in like three or four weeks. So, yeah. Well, I, I still count. And did we have Labor Day the week before yeah. that? Yes, we haven't had a show in a while. But we're here today. Yeah, That's the good thing. We're here. Um, and it was a good week to, to actually both of us be here ready to go and, 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 and hit our time not be by myself, because there's a lot to talk about. There is. Um, the playoffs are in full swing. We kind of we whittled it from 16 down to 12. Next, we'll get from the round of 12 to the round of 8. This is when you really start to separate the men from the boys come playoff time, and now every spot gets harder to get, and advancing gets harder as the positions whittle down. So it's... Uh, a great time. I, I love the NASCAR playoffs. Um, I, I think the NASCAR playoffs are the most exciting playoffs in any sport, and I will argue anybody that disagrees, I think the only one that maybe rivals it is you know the NCAA basketball tournament because it's a single-game elimination with so many teams. But the NASCAR playoffs, I, I think, creates a level of drama that I don't know that any other playoff does. Laroval helps with that, too. Well, that's the thing. You look at the playoffs – the different varieties of tracks in the playoffs. You know, you mentioned the Roval. Then guess what? We go to Dover next week, then Talladega and Kansas. Then you get a track like Martinsville, which is different than any other. Then you go to Phoenix and you cap it off at Homestead. Just the variety of tracks that's in there um, makes it interesting. And then you look at 2020, uh, you look at the tracks that are in the playoff in 2020, that's going to be interesting as well. And they're just nothing beats the NASCAR playoffs, in my opinion. And let's go ahead and, and get and, and talk about the Roval here for a second. There, there maybe were only one or two cars that, that didn't have an issue in this race. Yeah, it was like Martinsville or Bristol pretty much. Um, it was – oh, so now that I put my headphones on, you're taking yours off. Um, yeah, it was, it was just such an interesting race where, like you said, I think the only cars that didn't finish – with damage where Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex and then maybe I, I think by the end of it though Martin Truex Jr. he he had issues there as well. Yeah, I mean it was it was just an interesting race. Um you know there were 16 drivers that came in in the playoffs and I think just about all of them had some sort of troubles. Yeah, it really caused some issues there as well. I mean your eventual race winner was in the wall at one point. I mean Chase Elliott Missed the corner on a restart into the turn one wall. At that point, I said, well, yeah, Chase, Chase just as, threw his race away. As soon as he did that on that restart, I was like, oh, no. Um, yeah, I thought he was – because you go back to last year, Brad Kozlowski did that, and for some reason, half the field behind him forgot to turn as well. Um, you know, Kyle Larson was going to miss that corner last year no matter what. They did a really good job explaining why that happens, though. Yeah, the no, I th- because you, you, the restart zone is the normal restart zone for the oval. You don't have that chicane. You have your pace car speed, so you're at a – 15 miles an hour quicker when you at get to the brake zone. Even, yeah. I mean, so you've got to brake a little bit earlier. Chase didn't. Locks him up so into the fence. Would you want them to change it to where you restart through the chicane? Or would you? I've, I I think 
I like where it's at because if you restart through the chicane, everyone kind of get it'll be a more it's more spaced out. You uh, the guys at the back won't have an opportunity to make some moves because you're going to have to deal with that corner. I like the fact that they restart without that chicane. I like it because, like you said, they go into to one just they go to that first corner just about full throttle sometimes. And uh, then they have to lift and get through it. And we've seen guys overshoot the corner. We saw the first lap of the race. Um, guys couldn't get through there cleanly. And uh, just an interesting race. I, I hope the Roval never goes away from the playoffs in some form. Is it a cutoff race next year? I can't. I think it is. I hope it is. You know, because next year it's a, you know, the schedule is all sorts of different. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's a cutoff race. I think the cutoffs are like Bristol, Do- or Bristol, the Roval, and Phoenix. I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, I hope it is, too, because it just creates a whole new level of excitement that uh, I don't think anything else. It's a, is it a round of eight? It's a round of eight cutoff, or round of 12 cutoff race. That's, that's going to make that even more interesting. And, and, again, Chase Elliott, he gets the win in this one. He leads 35 laps, hit the wall at one point, comes back, wins the race. And some of that had to do with tire strategy as well. Alex Bowman will finish second. Kevin Harvick, third. Clint Boyer, fourth. Brad Keselowski in the fifth position. William Byron, sixth. Martin Truex Jr., seventh. Ryan Blaney, eighth. Jimmy Johnson, ninth. Joey Logano, tenth. Your other playoff drivers, Kyle Larson in 13th. Eric Amarola, 14th. Denny Hamlin, 19th. Kurt Busch in 20th. Ryan Newman, 32nd. Kyle Busch, 37th. Eric Jones in 40th. So the... Real quick before we get to all the playoff stuff that happened, just the race itself. Chase Elliott, William Byron had the fastest cars. Elliott has the fastest car. After Elliott gets in the wall, it looked like the race would be dominated by Kevin Harvick. But once Elliott got back up there, kind of ran away with it on the last restart with with a couple laps to go. So Elliott gets the win, picks up five five of those playoff points to, to take to the next round with him. He moves on to the next round. And I think the thing that's important when you think about Chase Elliott in the, in the playoffs, look at the next three tracks that are on the schedule in the round of 12. Dover, Talladega, Kansas. Chase Elliott has six career wins. Three of those have come at those three tracks. Alex Bowman, who finished second this week, had three second-place finishes of those tracks earlier this year. So I think Hendrick Motorsports, um, they, were the, they were the fastest team all weekend, in my opinion. Um, Chase Elliott and William Byron showed that. Alex Bowman came on late, had a good qualifying run, got caught up in some bad stuff, still finished second. Jimmy Johnson had a top 10 car throughout most of the day. Um, I think maybe we're starting to kind of see Hendrick catch a stride here, and uh, what better time to do it than the playoffs? And you talk about those playoffs. You got into this race. We knew Martin Truex Jr. He was moving on. We knew Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, they were moving on points-wise throughout the, the race early as stage points occurred. You had guys like Denny Hamlin, like Chase, Chase Elliott, Elliott, Joey Logano. They they had already advanced. They couldn't lose enough points to to not move on. And and then you had also on the other end of that guys like Eric Jones, who he had an issue early, finishes in the 40th position, and Eric Jones will not move on to the next round. Same same idea for for Kurt Busch. Issues early, never could recover. He really looked like he was going to be out of it. And he's one of those drivers that will not move on to the next round as well. So then the battle, one spot really was what everyone was fighting for. Everyone else was pretty safe, and three drivers were fighting for that one spot, Alex Bowman, Eric Amarola, and Ryan Newman. Well, I, 
I was kind of thinking two for two because Ryan Blaney had some troubles early on in the race. Um, got some damage, and was it the strut broke on the roof? Strut broke on the back I of that. I Think that's what it was. Um, but once he recovered from that, he, yeah. he had enough of a buffer. That last stretch after the Ricky Stenhouse Jr. caution, which I believe was on lap ninety, uh, so the last nineteen laps of the race. Blaney gave himself a, of enough of a buffer. Those last 19 yeah, laps, just it was those three cars. Barring bizarreness, and Quint Boyer did an excellent job this weekend. Um, he was one of those guys that came in not safe. They came in, got stage points. They got seven stage points in stage one, eight stage points in stage two, gave him 15 points to work with, had a strong car all day. Didn't have a winning car, but had you know a top five, top ten car, ends up walking away with a top ten finish. Um, a top five finish, actually, in fourth. They did a, an incredible job to put themselves in a good position. But, it, yeah, it pretty much boiled down to Bowman, Almirola, and Newman. And uh, Almirola just – that car lost grip late, and they couldn't really o- overcome it. So, And he, he came – he, he was losing position after position after position because he didn't get tires. Both Newman and Bowman had tires on their car. A lot of cars behind them, they put four on. So Almirola came back down pit road late in the race put four tires on, went way back into the field and just didn't have enough time. Especially there was that one caution where it was a, uh, it was a quick caution for Daniel Suarez. And then you had an issue with the 52 car fluid on the racetrack. So that caution got extended to the point where NASCAR was like, Hey, we're going to throw a red flag. That hurt. That, that, yeah. that hurt, um, Eric Amarola. Eric Amarola. Cause he ran out of time. Forgot his name there for a second, but he ran out. He, he was losing laps. And then at that point, Ryan Newman, he was in an okay position. He was where he needed to be. Alex Bowman didn't have a whole lot of positions yeah, to make up because Bowman was sixth at the right time of the restart. Newman was back there in 19th. So a lot more positions for Newman to pick up. Newman has tires. And then Alex Bowman put together a couple of really good restarts, was able to get up to second. Then by doing that, as Newman moved up, Bowman was moving up as well. So then it came down to, for a second there, Ryan Newman was up one point. He had a Eric Almarola behind him. He was six points back. And so Bowman was, was there in second, Chase Elliott in front of him, and now you're waiting to see what happens between Ryan Newman and Eric Almarola. Yeah, and then Newman messed up big time. Um, and Ryan Newman just had a weird day. Um, you know, and Ryan Newman's used to having weird days. He's the king of not qualifying well, not getting any stage points, and then you look at the race results and Ryan Newman finished ninth. Um, he had... Had some good runs at Vegas and Richmond to put himself. Well, he was to the good coming in, wasn't he? He was to like, the good. Yeah, he, and he was like twelve to the good. Or, yeah, I knew it. It was more than I thought it would be, but nothing to be super comfortable with. And pretty much, if there was a wreck yesterday, Ryan Newman was either a part of it or almost a part of it. It felt like. Um, well, there, uh, and they, it wasn't like they were his fault. Once we get through, kind of where the standings are, who moves on, who doesn't. The, the, there was a lot of, I would, I would say, controversy involved with this race, kind of off the racetrack or rules with, with the way this race runs. But Ryan Newman, he ends up missing the chicane, has to, to do a stop and go. Did he actually do the stop and go, or he just say, screw it? And I, I, think, I don't think, I think he that's ever what he did. Served. He lost enough positions that it didn't matter anyways, and I think that's why he ended up being scored last car on the lead lap. I think that's so, what it was. Um, it wouldn't have i mean once he lost that position to eric almirola it he he was in the tie bowman had the tiebreaker so he was gonna have to hunt him down and i mean you could tell the car just didn't handle right either after he missed the chicane 
Um, so he he wasn't going to get in, and he his chances to get in were eliminated as soon as he missed the chicane. Yeah, because he had to stay in front of Eric Almarola and hope Alex Bowman didn't do anything better. Can't stay in front of him, misses the chicane. So Newman out. Then the last couple laps, you're still. Can Eric pull off a miracle? Can he pass six cars to get up there? Wasn't able to do that. So you're four eliminated in the round of 16. Eric Almarola, Ryan Newman, Kurt Busch, and Eric Jones. You're 12 moving on. Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, and Clint Boyer will battle in the round of 12. That round of 12, Dover, Talladega, and Kansas. Three different racetracks. Yeah. Well, wild the, races come you out. You look at each round of the playoffs, you know, you start off with Vegas, Richmond, and Roval. None of those tracks are like each other. Then guess what? You go Dover, Talladega, Kansas. None of those tracks are like each other. Then you go Martins, Martinsville, Texas, Phoenix. You can maybe make a couple similarities between Phoenix and Martinsville, but not really like any, each other. So it's it tests so they, many. They've moved around the playoff schedule enough now where it, it, it's extremely diverse. It's a good schedule because I'm one of those that I know the mile and a half, two-mile tracks don't produce the best racing. This is the top level of racing. You, you've got to keep some of those tracks. Yes, I think some of them need replaced, but you've got to keep some of them. It's good diversity in the playoffs. Now as we head to the round of 12, Real quick, where everyone sits, kind of where everyone's seated before we, we start these next three races. Kyle Bush, 41 points is where he will start above the cut line. Martin Truex Jr., he will be 36. Denny Hamlin, third seed at 25 above the cut line. Joey Logano will be 24, slotted in that fourth position right now. Kevin Harvick, fifth, 23 above the cut line. Chase Elliott, 19 above the cut line, as is Brad Keselowski. Then it gets really interesting at that, that bubble spot. Kyle Larson, he's going to start one above the bubble. Alex Bowman will start one below the bubble for that eighth spot. Ryan Blaney, two back. William Byron, five back. And then Clint Boyer will start six back. I'm going to make a hot take. Kyle Busch is not safe in the round of 12. I, I'm not sure he makes it through. Um, I, that's something would have been crazy to say in June. But they have not run well lately. Um, I think he's kind of, you know, I don't want to say got in his own head, but a lot of things have, have gone bad for them that, you know, he may be – Emotionally hasn't handled well, and this is an emotional sport sometimes. And you know, he had a rough day yesterday and, and packed it in. Plus, only plus forty-one above the cut line. That's not even a full race. That includes stage points. No, and you know, Dover. We saw last year that race was wild towards the end. Um, Kansas rotates the years that it decides to be wild and the years it decides to be calm. Last year it was calm, so if you believe in that rotation, it'll be wild this year. And then Talladega is the ultimate wild card in the playoffs. So 41 points is not a big buffer, and I'm a believer that the further along in the playoffs you get, um, the less room you have for air and the less those playoff points matter. The playoff points help you a lot in the round of 16, they help you quite a bit in the round of 12. They'll help him in the round of eight if he needs them. But he's got to get there first. And uh, just I haven't seen anything from that team that makes me say championship contender right now. He, he's struggling, and, and some of it's his doing. Some of it's he's dealing with mechanical issues and kind of the same thing that, that's hurt Eric Jones. Not necessarily a bunch of stuff of his doing, but he, he's got to deal with it. it. It cost because Eric didn't have those playoff points to back him up. It cost him a spot in the round of 12. Now, Kyle Busch, I mean, you have one bad race. You've got 
less than one race, uh, one race buffer. So if you go out at Dover, hit the wall early, end up finishing 32nd, someone like Kyle Larson or, or Alex Bowman, Ryan Blaney, go and have a good race. Now all of a sudden you're back there on the bubble and that, that buffer is gone. So it, it still gives you one Kyle bad Bush race. Kyle scored one point this week. If he scores one point this week and someone like, um, you mentioned Clint Boyer, scored 49. So he, all of a sudden, you go from plus forty-one to you know minus five or plus three, and so he, that bubble gets a lot tighter before we even get to Talladega. Yeah, it, it, it's a situation where he's got one bad race. You you can have one bad race and recover from that. Where round one, you kind of start with with more than that, even though mathematically it's not because of where everyone sits. You, you kind of have more than that now. It's it's one bad race, and it really can't be a terrible race you can't crash on lap one it, it needs to be a, a 32nd to, to 30th where you, you pick up a couple more points or a five to seven point range to to use that so kyle bush what we mentioned it he, he's struggling there's some other things that we kind of want to talk about involved with the roval one of them being we saw it a lot a lot of drivers had to do stop and goes and, and what i guess what we'll call it the penalty box it was the restart zone if you missed a chicane you'd have to stop and go there and a lot of drivers had to do that. Ultimately, Ryan Newman, it, it didn't necessarily cost him a spot in the playoffs, but but he had to do that at the end of the race. And th- there's that chicane issue. And we're we're kind of at the point where the chicane's there, but you have all the, these things involved with the chicanes, those turtles. Generally, if you're missing the chicane, you're not doing it because you're trying to gain speed. You're doing it because you're wrecking. Yeah, or avoiding a wreck, or you locked the brakes up. Which a lot of times, when you lock the brakes up, you flat spotted your tires, anyways. So there's no advantage to that. Um, you know, last year Jimmy Johnson was in that situation on the last lap, missed the chicane, collected Martin Truex Jr. in the mess, had to come to a complete stop, cost him the playoffs. Some people think he would have won the race if he didn't come to a complete stop. I'm not sure he wins the race, but he probably advances to the round of 12. Um, Daniel Hemrick did that in the Xfinity Series race last year while leading. And we saw a lot of guys, you know, Ryan Newman we mentioned. I think did Bubba Wallace and Alex Bowman both miss it at one I point? Think they did. Martin Kyle, Truex was one yep. of them. He he early on, I think it was lap one, there was lap one incident. He uh, there was five or six cars. Kyle, that I think Kyle Bush was in that too and where because they avoid they had to miss it to avoid a wreck. And then they, they have to stop. here's what I will say about it. If you're gonna have that rule, it they they made it where it was not gray it was black and white yeah. if you're if you don't see if we don't see tires on the, the red and white rumble strip you're stopping going they, they didn't they didn't say well we'll make a judgment call and let you know if you need to do it you know we'll use a formula one term and exceeding well they did was, that they did that with bowman and, and wallace so where they originally said nope we're not gonna make them you know serve a penalty and then they assess the penalty so i don't know i mean like i said to me most if they're missing the chicane they've all it, it's to me it's like the yellow line rule i don't know how many times it's to their advantage you know the yellow line i guess ends up being to your advantage more often not, but how many times the guy missed a chicane and it been to their advantage other than to miss an accident it's, know, but guys aren't cutting that's why you have the turtles there yeah if you didn't have the turtles there then maybe you have a, a point because then guys can cut the chicane and not lose time but if you're cutting guys, the chicane generally you're flying about three feet in the air yeah guys aren't just missing the chicane to miss the chicane you know they're missing the chicane to not collect Ricky Stenhouse in a wreck, and, and maybe that's something we see in the future. We saw some changes from last year's race. They they reconfigured the the backstretch chicane to make that a, a little bit more racer friendly, and so we'll see if they make some changes. The other issue 
is after the race between Alex Bowman and, and Bubba Wallace. There, there was there was there was an issue with Ryan Newman and Daniel Suarez. And there were some, some other driver conversations as well, but the big one, the one that made its rounds around social media, was the incident between Alex Bowman and Bubba Wallace, where early in the race, as far as we can tell from in-car audio and then the, the stories, is Bubba Wallace was, was giving uh, a, 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 he a was, symbol that is He was telling Alex Bowman that he was number one. Yeah, that, that um, one. Which Bubba's been known to do to guys... Uh, over the past couple weeks um, in this season. And, and they'd had an incident earlier on in the race. So Bowman decided he was done with Bubba and dumped him. Bubba into the wall. Caution comes out. Didn't see anything after that. But then after the race, Alex Bowman, you, it was hot. He already he, he wasn't he was, feeling. He was overheated, dehydrated. He, as soon as he got out of his car, he had to take a seat. He had medical personnel over with him attending to him. And then Bubba Wallace comes over to talk, grabs his water, throws it in his face. Do you think maybe Bubba was just trying to cool him down? Do you think maybe maybe that's what it was? I, I don't think that that's... I, you I think mean, that would be... Because I know he's meeting with NASCAR sometime this week. you think maybe that would be the excuse he tries to use? I, probably. I, that'd be the excuse I would use. It, just the, the incident for me, you watch the video, and I understand, and, and, and I, uh, Bubba... You can you can argue whether or not he had a right to be mad. He got dumped, so he's going to be mad. I think he I think he had the right to a conversation. It's just that at some point there's a way in a that you have the conversation. You don't yeah. go do it when he's. Well, I can't imagine that NASCAR is super happy that you know their head medical person got doused with water. I can't imagine they're super thrilled about that. Well, um, it, I know they are going to meet with him sometime this th- week. And here's the other thing, and and this is the only sport. Where your non-playoff teams, being the non-playoff drivers, and playoff teams and drivers compete at the same time. What NASCAR does and what makes it so intriguing is as if you had, I mean, I guess the best way to do this is is you take the the Chiefs and Patriots in the AFC Championship game and put the, the Bills and Raiders on the other side of the field and have two games going on at the same time. Yeah. That's what NASCAR, the NASCAR playoffs are like. And there's a still i think teams are figuring out well how do you race playoff drivers do you race them a little bit more carefully do you not some drivers choose to do it differently and we saw late in the race when bowman was working his way through the field and you know spotters and crew chiefs for other guys were saying hey this guy's racing to get in the playoffs don't get stupid with him you know quint boyer was sitting in a good enough situation that when bowman went to pass him let him go um you know kevin harvick didn't race him super hard either um well, and you could tell a couple of those Bowman was like, "I'm going here. If you want to cut me off, you can. I'm going to dump fine. you. Like I've got to move you. Yeah, like the, if the I miss the playoffs, wrecking your. I think just you did, I didn't hear the audio, but the way that pass went down, Bowman came from way too far back, did not have the position, made room for himself. Harvick was going to to take the corner, and I think someone said, "Hey, he's fighting for the playoffs." Let him go. Yeah, because it would have either been he's going to take the spot or probably wreck both of you in the process. Um, yeah, I, I said the whole thing with Bowman and Bubba. Um, Bowman's racing for a playoff spot. I, I was waiting for Bubba to just junk him, um, and I can't remember who's in. I think it was Clint Boyer's in Car Audio. Um, at one point, like Bowman was running twentieth, Bubba was running twenty first, and Boyer was running twenty second. And, you know, Boyer's in car audio. They said, hey, 
he's probably going to dump him. Just make sure you don't get caught up in it. They never got to that. Instead, he dumped him later with some water um, when he was trying to cool down. But I don't. It, I, for Bubba, it's not a good look. No, there's there's being I mad. Think, there's that personality. There, you know, NASCAR. If if Bowman got out of his car, was fine. Was talking with the media. Bubba comes over. They have a discussion. Bubba throws water in his face and then walks off. Been a little different. It, yeah, it'd be a much different storyline where drivers have personality. You'd have you know, people would be taking Bubba's side in this. But but this was Bowman was was clearly struggling. He, I read he was already moment. he had he was already feeling under the weather before and, and the day even started. He, he's getting medical attention, and that's where maybe this is just me, but I would have walked over there and said, "Hey, we're going to have a discussion later. Get healthy, but then we're going to talk." I would just wait or, or waited. If you have to say something, you do something like that, where you know, like go tell him you're mad at him, and then walk away. But but Bubba, and and I think that's what Steve O'Donnell said is he's like we we want our drivers to. to have some personality, but then there's a line that you, that you shouldn't cross, and Bubba kind of crossed that line. Yeah, Bubba, I think, had every right to be upset. I think anytime you get dumped on the racetrack, you should be upset. But I think also anytime you flip somebody off on the racetrack, you should anticipate getting dumped. Um, it, you know, it's no different than if if you're driving down the road and somebody flips you off, you get a little angry. Now you don't necessarily dump them because you know you're driving a Honda, not a nice stock car but nonetheless anytime you do something like that you should probably anticipate retaliation i mean he had the same problem earlier this year at pocono with daniel suarez um you flip suarez off going down the front stretch wherever they were suarez didn't like it um so like maybe it's something that i I really really like bubba wallace you know I, i love his personality i think it's he's a kid that in the right situation could really shine i wish he was at a a better team but he's also kind of got to know what's okay and what's not okay um, if you flip somebody, and I, you think maybe by now he'd learn his lesson too. Like if you flip somebody off, they're probably not going to be very happy with me because the one time like I got in my face after the race, another time I got wrecked. Um, so yeah, just kind of an interesting situation. I'll be interested to see what NASCAR does about. It. I don't look for anything, you know, penalty wise. I mean, they're not going to suspend Bubble Wallace. I, I think it's just going to. I think it's going to be more of a talking to yeah. of hey. Um, you know, you don't do that. Um, but I, I did they have a conversation with Clint Boyer after he went Rock'em Sock'em Robot on so. Ryan Newman? Because I don't think they did. I, but um, Clint Boyer's a different story because yeah. you're not changing Clint Boyer. Yeah. Well, he might not change Bubba Wallace either. But, yeah, that was a interesting one. And then I don't really know. The Suarez and Ryan Newman one was interesting because Ryan Newman, after he missed the chicane, I think was just so mad that, you know, the last couple laps, he was all over the place on the racetrack. Daniel Suarez kind of got the air taken off his car, ends up wrecking and uh, ruining his day. And then they had the conversation. It wasn't even, like, super heated, but they weren't they weren't too thrilled. Those guys have had some problems the last couple weeks. Drivers, uh, there were a group of drivers not happy. Chase Elliott was. And Very he happy. Won, he won the race after hitting the wall on a restart earlier. When he, when he started to lock up, I was like, oh, this thing won't be good. I was waiting for five guys to go behind him, too, much like Brad Keselowski I, last I was, year. too, and then very quickly realized it was just going to be Chase. I'm like, oh, he just threw away the best car. No, he didn't. It was fine. Yeah. He came back. He won the race. And then I was kind of scared that, you know, the way he hit the wall, that it was going to mess stuff up in tech. You know, like the ride height was going to be wrong or something, and then he'd get DQ'd. 
for for anyone that complains about tire barriers, that that's why yeah. they're they're there. Is without tire barriers, Chase Elliott's day is done. If it's just a, a safer barriered wall with tire barriers, Chase Elliott wins a race after getting into the wall. We're going to take a quick break here on the left turn. We get back. We're going to look at the Xfinity Series at the Roval and then talk a little bit of silly season. Stick with us here on X106. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater with you. Quick, before we talk about the Xfinity Series, I kind of forgot about this, but in the Truck Series, Thor Sport had, yeah. had petitioned to have, have Matt Crafton and Johnny Sauter let back into the playoffs because Ilmore, the engine provider, they found a kind of a manufacturer's defect in the engines that, that had an issue for, for their teams. So sorry, it was not Matt Crafton. Johnny Sauter and Grant Infinger back into the playoffs. That was denied today. Or I, I didn't see that it had been denied, but I kind of figured it, it was just going to be. Um, yeah, when I saw that, I laughed. I did too. Um, because, you know, I understand it's the only chance they had of getting back in the playoffs, so they might as well try to, to make that argument. But that's just part of it. You know, there's things that are out of your control. I think it was Jimmy Johnson the first year of the playoffs or the second year of the playoffs. It was something that, you know, it was something weird that broke on his car. It was like an, an O-ring on the axle. I remember it was something really weird that broke that was like a $5 part, but it ruined his day, and he missed the, the next round. So that's just the, the nature of the sport. Sometimes things are out of your control. William Byron, a couple years ago in the truck series, blew a motor Phoenix. at Phoenix, and he was going to make plus probably win the championship. Um, you know, Martin Truex Jr. a couple years ago blew a motor. I think Talladega cost him a championship. That's just the nature of it. Uh, sometimes things that are out of your control happen, and it is what it is. So now we will talk about the Xfinity Series at the Roval. And A.J. Allmendinger didn't get disqualified this week. Won a race. Well, were you yeah. surprised when, when the 10 car won I was, that, that, that it stood? Am I, I was really nervous because I picked him. Um, and I, I said last week that I was picking him with being pretty confident that it was gonna he was going to win and then get disqualified um, or finish well and get disqualified. So when I... When I saw that he won Saturday, I was excited, but then my excitement turned to nerves, and I was constantly checking Twitter, waiting for Tech to be official, because I was scared that um, he wouldn't pass Tech. He's just so good at the road courses. Um, he was like that in the Cup Series. Um, he, you, you put him in the Xfinity Series with guys that obviously don't have the experience on road courses that he does, and he's tough to beat. Again, A.J. Allmendinger led 20 laps, picks up the win for the Xfinity Series at the Roval. Tyler Reddick finishes second. Austin Sendrick third. Justin Allgaier fourth. Noah Gragson in the fifth position. Alex LeBay, he finishes sixth. John Hunter Nemechek, seventh. Cole Custer, eighth. Chase Briscoe led 21 laps in route to a ninth place finish. And then Ryan Truex finished tenth. Your other playoff drivers, Christopher Bell in the twelfth position. He led 19 laps. Michael Annette he finished 15th. Brandon Jones, 16th, Ryan Sieg, 30th, and Justin Haley, 31st. The way the Xfinity Series playoff standings then kind of form up is not near as much drama as we had to go the final round of the round of 12 for them at Dover. Christopher Bell, he has moved on to the next round. Cole Custer, he's 71 up. He will be locked into the round of 12 now. Tyler Reddick, he's up 52, so things have to go Terribly, terribly wrong for if him. If he finishes stage one, he should be fine. 
Austin Sendrick, he's 50 up because it's so, so kind of the same boat for him. If he just doesn't have a, a miserable, disastrous day while Brandon Jones wins the race, he, he will be in. Justin Allgaier, 40 above. He will be safe as well, most likely. Chase Briscoe, 35 above. He, he's got a, a lot of comfort as well. Noah Gragson, 26 in the seventh position. So those seven drivers have to have really bad days at Dover to not move on. Michael Annette, he's 11 above the cut line, so still some some breathing room, but only about a stage's worth of points above Brandon Jones and John Homer and Hunter Nemechek, who are both 11 back, and then Ryan Sieg and Justin Haley, 37 and 39 back. They're pretty much in a must-win situation. Yeah, and Sieg runs good at Dover, but I don't know that they've got the speed to to be a winning car this week. Same with Justin Haley. Um, It feels like Right now, for me, for the Xfinity Series, we could just go ahead and fast-forward to Homestead. I, um, I agree with that. We, we know three of the guys that are going to be there, barring some really weird stuff. Um, we know it's going to be Bell, Custer, and Reddick. And then I think that battle for that fourth spot is maybe a four-car race, probably a three-car race. You know, I, I think Noah Gregson, the way he's running, he's putting together a season that's very similar to what Tyler Reddick had last year in that car. Um, you know, he somehow salvaged a top five this weekend. Um, he's got eight top five, 17 top tens, but it's not been like super, super fast, but he's been the king of, you know, having an all right day. And then all of a sudden you look and he's fourth. Um, I think it's him, Allgaier and uh, Chase Briscoe that are really competing for that last spot. You know, Austin Sendrick's gotten better on the ovals, but I don't think he's quite there yet. So the Xfinity Series, they will head to Dover. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, a lot less drama than, than we've had in the trucks or the, the Cup Series. We kind of predicted that going into this round, just looking at how, how the playoffs would, would form up for them. I think the round of eight is where it's going to be really interesting, as you yes. mentioned, for that, that because, I mean, race to fourth. Think about it. If you know Noah Gregson finally breaks through and wins a race, or Justin Allgaier finally breaks through and wins a race, one of those three between Custer, Bell, and Reddick, or on the outside looking in would be guaranteed to miss. So it's not completely on you know for sure that all three of them are going to make it. But the way they're running, I mean, I just haven't seen anything that would say they won't. So again, the Xfinity Series they head to Dover. Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, they are locked in for sure. Tyler Reddick, Austin Cendrick, Justin Allgaier, Chase Briscoe, Noah Gregson. They have a lot of a lot of safety heading to the final race of the round of twelve. And then Michael Annette and Brandon Jones are your bubble line with John Hunter Nemechek eleven above, and then those Brandon Jones and Nemechek eleven back. For for me, heading to Dover, Jones is the wild card because he's had speed this year. He hasn't put together races with that speed yeah. so if he can and go out there and finish third and in, in stage one fourth and stage two and bring home a top five i don't see enough speed in michael annette to hang on to that eighth spot so i think it's a it's a race between jones and annette for that that last spot yeah and john hunter nemechek's a little bit of a wild card too because they've had races this year where they've put together you know top three top five runs and then they've had races where you wonder what the heck they're doing out there mainly in the last six or seven races so I don't know. Those three are going to battle it out. Um, obviously, only one of them is going to make it, and I, I might lean Brandon Jones, honestly. It'll be uh, – at least we're going to have a little bit of drama there for that eight spot. A little bit more news from the, the Roval before we get to some silly season talk is if you, if you listen to our podcast last week, we, we kind of joked about this. I wasn't joking. Tre- well, Trevor wasn't joking, but we knew it's, it's an idea. It's our idea. It's whatever. I didn't realize that they were actually going to test the idea – 
th- this week at the Roval. We said that the IndyCar series should run a race at the Roval. Well, we, Joseph Newgarden tested an IndyCar at the Roval this weekend. So. It might not mean anything. I mean, you know, NASCAR's tested at places like Road Atlanta and stuff before and have never ran there. So it might not mean anything. Cool. But it, um, yeah, it was an interesting piece of news when you told me about it. I, I, I watched uh, several different videos. I watched the onboard, watched the, the outside of the car video. I, to me, IndyCar-wise, they might have to adjust the chicanes a little bit. But the rest of the track, I think it would make for a really interesting IndyCar race because it would be a little bit different. And I say you have to adjust the chicanes because because of the oval, you're going to get some, some drafting situations where I think you need to widen out the chicanes a little bit for IndyCar. Other than that, I, I think a, a doubleheader weekend. And, and Joseph Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney, there was, there was a video that also came out on, on social media about those two those three talking with each other, and they're like, yeah, we need to get a doubleheader weekend where IndyCar and the Cup Series are racing at the same place. The Roval might be the place to do that. Yeah, I think definitely now that Pocono's out of the equation on the IndyCar side, um, I think the Roval and then maybe Texas would be the two that you would think it could happen at. And I'd be fine with the Roval. Um, Wouldn't that be interesting to have the championship, just add one more race to the end of the IndyCar season after Laguna Seca and have the Roval be your championship race? That'd be awesome. I might might have to not watch any football that weekend. Yeah, that would be... I wouldn't watch any football that weekend. Yeah, I wouldn't watch much. I mean, I'm one of those that, like, this weekend I caught the Chiefs game and then I switched to the Roval. Now, if the Chiefs weren't playing, I probably would have. Like, this next weekend I'll probably watch all of Dover because the Chiefs are a night game. Um, but yeah, I probably I might be in the same boat with you. And now we can also talk about some silly season news. We haven't really gone a week without something dropping. Well, and we, we had didn't... stuff drop literally. We we did a podcast last week because you felt like you needed to miss the show. Um, so I mi- I missed one show. Yeah, and and, and Trevor is is all over me, and he's missed. I think we're up to like fourteen now. This year I've only missed two. Never mind. I was going to call you something, but I won't. Um, I've only missed two this year. Thank you very much. But literally, as soon as we got done last week with our podcast, you can still listen to online. Um, News broke that Daniel Hemrick would not be returning to Richard Childress Racing. Which means we can all assume Tyler Reddick is signing up to that car. Yeah, I mean, it's because they had said before that if Tyler Reddick wasn't in a cup car at RCR, he wasn't going to be an Xfinity car at RCR. Now, I don't know if that meant more of because he was going to be in a cup car elsewhere, somewhere else, or if RCR is just going to close down their Xfinity team. Um, I think it's probably the first one. I think they knew he's ready for cup. He's shown that he's ready for the cup level. Um, he's ran well in his cup races. I mean, he finished, what, eighth at Kansas earlier this year, I think. Um, so it's a foregone inclusion. He'll be in the eight car. Whether or not it stays number the eight, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, that is now the, the probably the worst kept secret in, in motorsports because the worst kept secret finally became confirmed. We've had some worst kept secrets and some best kept secrets. This, it's see. been great. Like Matty knew- Dita Wood Brothers was the best kept secret in the history of well, NASCAR. And, and then we'll get to the, the next one that, that was pretty well kept. This one was not. Christopher Bell will be driving the 95 yeah, next year. We've known that for a month now. Um, they just finally decided to make it official. I, I wonder what the, the rationale behind today is a good day. But they had the same thing last year with Truex going to Joe Gibbs. Yeah, that I mean, we all knew about it for a month, and it sounds like uh, Joe Gibbs is going to increase their support 
to Shocker. LFR. So it's pretty much going to be it's going to be a fifth Gibbs car, um, which may I think to me kind of makes what Maddie D. Matt DiBenedetto did in that ride even more impressive when they well, say the, enhanced. Yeah, the unfortunate thing for Matt is it's not going to be a, a apples-to-apples comparison with what Christopher Bell does in that car because you're going to have 2020 Gibbs cars with yes. cars that have been through the Gibbs pull-down rigs, the Gibbs wind tunnels. and Yeah, then whereas they're they were getting the Gibbs hand-me-downs from two years this ago. Is, this is as close to Furniture Row as there will be. Um, as far as the alliance, so it gets interesting there. Now you get in a situation as well where we know Hemrick's out. Where is he going to land? Next piece of news. This, this came was, from nowhere. Yeah, I don't. From like I didn't even realize this still existed on Chris Busher's contract, but apparently there was an option where Roush could reclaim him for a certain number of years, and I believe I read it was the last year they could do this. Well, they did. They they got Chris Busher and he will be driving the seventeen next year and Ricky Stenhouse is okay, without Ricky a ride. Spinhouse. He is without a ride for twenty twenty at this point. I couldn't like um so when I first saw it it was Bob Pockers from Fox Sports that I saw broke it. And there's a parody Bob Pockers account on Twitter as well. I had to double check and make sure it wasn't the, the parody, the parody account. Um but yeah, I have the official statement from Chris Busher. Um and it's not like even he was kind of surprised by it. He said recently I was notified by Roush Fenway by Roush Fenway Racing they were electing to pick up an option the team had retained for me to drive for Roush Fenway Racing again. I've never heard of that. I, I like I said I didn't know it existed. Yeah, I didn't either. I kind of um, I kind of made a joke with you earlier. It's almost like some some intern over at Roush accidentally, like while filing papers, saw that hey, uh, there, there's still an option on Chris Busher's contract. Anyone want to use it? And Roush was like, yeah, because because he's doing a really good job yeah. in that 37 car. Yeah. So I mean, it that alone creates all sorts of questions. You know, where does Ricky Stenhouse go? Where and, does Daniel Hemrick go? You know, who jumps into that 37 car? I think it's Hemrick. I think it's probably Daniel Hemrick. Um, I think the other one to maybe consider is Corey LaJoy, depending on what happens with the 32 car at Go Fast Racing, if Cole Custer slides into that. Um, there's still a lot we don't know, and we're approaching October. We don't know what Kurt, what Kurt Busch's status is. You mentioned that Daniel Suarez might not be yep. safe at this point. I think Clint I think Boyer Clint, is. I think Clint Boyer is safe, um, but we don't know. You know Daniel Suarez. Eric Almirola, I'm still not 100% sure on. I th- think he's probably safe. But we don't know. I, I think something else other teams are starting to see is that this this new group of drivers, even the ones like I know Chris Busher at this point's been around for a while now, but he he's still kind of part of that. Yes, he's the older part of it, but he's still part of that that new group of drivers that have come in, and it's a really talented group of drivers. And I think some of these teams are going. We need to try some of these guys out, and that's why we're we're not for sure if Daniel Suarez or Eric Almarola or Kurt Busch where they're going to be at. Because if, if I'm Ganassi, I don't know if I keep Kurt Busch. I, I go out and try to, whether it's steal an Xfinity driver away that's ready or try to go get a, a Corey LaJoy. Or a Ross Chastain or you know, one of those guys. I, I still think it's possible if we want to get really crazy that Ross is in that car in two years and they, they keep – Kurt for one more year. Yeah, we we just don't it, know. And then well, you get down to the Xfinity series, it gets crazier. And it's 
crazy because, you know, we mentioned Tyler Reddick's probably moving up. Well, then that opens up a red at Richard Childress Racing. If Richard Childress decides Assuming to keep they field team. a team. Um, I tend to believe that it's either Ross Chastain or Justin Haley would be in that car. And then whoever isn't in that car, the other one would be in the college racing car. So we just, we don't know. Um, it's kind of a slow developing silly season still. And, and once it starts, and it, what we've been expecting, the news we know is coming, the rides we know are vacant or drivers we know are on the hot seat, that's not the news that's been breaking this last no. week. It's stuff we're not prepared for that's thrown more into the silly season. So... It's going to get crazy. I think there could be a week where on you know, we have our show, and then as soon as we're done, because that's when it seems to happen, something will drop, and then Tuesday something will drop, and then Wednesday something will drop, because thing, things will start aligning, and as drivers start going places, teams are going to run out of options, so then they're going to have to go get their guy quickly, and it's going to fall into place. That being said, too, I'm going to kind of contradict myself, and I think we could be sitting here waiting in January for all this to get done, too. Yeah, it's tough to tell, which I'm sure from you know a driver's standpoint and a, you know, a team standpoint and a sponsor standpoint is got to drive you nuts. Um, I don't know. Silly season is almost more fun than the actual season sometimes. And definitely when you, you get like this where no – I mean, the Matt Benedetto to the Wood Brothers news was completely out of left well, field. When we knew Matt was not going to be in that 95 car, no one mentioned Wood Brothers. No. We didn't. Didn't hear anyone no else one, mention it. You know, it, it was, was pretty much front row or Xfinity Series was kind of the consensus. Um, and then it was questions like, okay, we know there's maybe a spot open at Stuart Haas. Yeah. Maybe there's a spot open at RCR. There, there's spots open to someone take a chance on them, and then out of complete nowhere, Wood Brothers. And, and that was the best. Well, it's Paul Menard. We've already talked about that. It was it, the most Paul Menard way to that's retire. The best, that was the best-kept secret in the NASCAR garage for the last, like, ten years because, like, when you sent me that, I didn't believe it. Yeah, it was, it was weird. And then the Ricky Stenhouse, you know, being replaced – his performance has been there. I personally, I love the guy. Um, he's become a favorite of mine because he's so bad that he's good, or he's so good that he's bad. I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to doubt the, the the dude's ability. He just can't put it together. Hence the nickname Recky Spinhouse. Who's going to replace? Like not, not, I know, I know. If Daniel who's Suarez, replace Recky if, if Daniel Suarez stays at Stewart Haas, I think he's trending that way. Um, like, well, what is the next nickname we're gonna gonna have to come up? Yeah, with? Yeah, I don't. Who's really, gonna replace that when you need a caution? It always seems to be in, involving the Ricky somehow. Who's gonna be that replacement for when it's like, oh, this race think, is getting I, spread out? I think out. the way we're trending, I think it's Daniel Suarez, um, assuming he stays. If, if the bad luck continues with Daniel Hemrick, yeah, he races another, next year. He'd be another like, one that if he found a red, that that'd be my vote too. Um, last year was you know last year it was Ricky Stenhouse, but Alex Bowman also was a lot of it. Um, but I don't think Ricky's out of NASCAR. I I, I think he ends up at front row. Um, that's just my two cents. And then front row gets the superstar lineup of Ricky Stenhouse, Matt Tift, and Michael McDowell. Who, by the way, finished what eleventh this last 12th, week? Twelfth had a top ten car most today. Um, so, I don't know. I, I just hope he stays. For the sake of the sport and the sake of keeping it entertaining with a meaningless caution with 10 laps to go in a race when he's running 27th. Sport needs that. Yeah. Like, I, like as soon as he spun out yesterday, I was like, oh, yeah. There's my guy. Oh, he did it at Richmond, too. 
and he took out the leader <laughs> in the process. I mean, like I said, the guy is, I don't know if you'd say he's so bad he's good or he's so good he's bad, but, like, I hope he stays in the sport and never changes. Like, I love the guy. I think it's time for a break. Uh, We're going to take one. we got ten minutes We're left. We're take taking a break. We're going to take one. We're going to come back. We're going to talk Dover. It's the left turn. We're back. Jacob Blair. Trevor hello. Mater. Trevor's classic hello. Are we going to get the bye today? If I remember. If you remember. Yeah. I think we missed that. Yeah, well, no, time. I was in the process of saying it. I think it was the last week, and yeah, you and ended then the I show. Yeah, the show. Yeah, like a jerk. Yeah, that, that, that would have been my fault. Oh, well. We've got racing at Dover this week. We do. A one-mile concrete monster. In Delaware. It's not actually a monster. I'd be cool if they were racing on a monster, but the monster might get angry. Yeah, there, there's a, a theoretical, mystical, I don't know what word you do, monster. You can, you can see it outside the racetrack. It's, it's quite Miles. fascinating, and it, it'll, it'll reach out and bite you, mm-hmm. it, and it does not play favorites. It does not care. Yeah, no, Miles does not care. I think that's actually what they call it. It's Miles the Monster. It's Miles the Monster. Um, he, he don't care. He always is holding a car, too, and, and, like, for a while they were trying to figure out if that had a curse on anybody. It doesn't, which I'm glad, but we'll see uh, what Dover brings. We'll start with the Xfinity Series. Uh, I love this this name. This might be the, the the name of a race of the year. It's the Use Your Melon Drive Sober 200. It's on NBC, SN, Saturday at 2 o'clock. It's the best... Top or it's the best of the top three tier series names in NASCAR. Well, yeah, we I all mean, know we, we've got better. The best name was the whatever the heck they called that race at Gateway that was about twenty words long. Oh yeah, um, but I can't remember what. It was. Yeah, no, that's a that's a pretty good one though. Yeah, the, the, was it? The, it was the combined K and N race at Gateway. Yeah, and it was something. It was really so weird. long we can't remember. Yeah, um, but no, I, I like the use your melon drive sober. Three hundred, two hundred. It's two hundred. Two hundred. So two hundred laps. And before we make our picks, we're going to take a, a gander at the left turn points. Trevor still leading 2,160 to 2,096. He's brought it a lot closer in terms of winner's points as I lead that 26 to 24. Again, that's three points for a cup win, two points for an Xfinity win, one point for a truck win. Cup points, Trevor up 809 to 750. Xfinity, Trevor up. 818 to 781. Just so I can win something, I'm leading the truck points six or 565 to 533. And so I, this last time I will say this, but again, Trevor picking up the IndyCar championship of the left turn this season. The guy who knows the least about IndyCar won the IndyCar championship. I love it. Um, I've done the math too. You know, we've got I think 16 total races left, and I've got a 64 point lead. As long as I can stay within four points of you each day or each race. I'm, I'm points racing from here on out. You know out. the way I look at this. I've got plenty of time, especially yeah. when I get first pick in an Xfinity race, and I can pick Christopher Bell. Yeah, um, so I'm going to go with the guy who finished second in the Xfinity race earlier this year because, like I said, I'm points racing. Give me Justin Allgaier. This is one of his See, best that's a, tracks. That's a, that's a dangerous pick this year, though, because even in his best tracks, he's had trouble. Right, but he finished second earlier this year. So I wanted to go Custer, who dominated there before Bell ended up getting the win late, but... Um, but Custers hasn't had any bad luck this year, and I feel like he's going to run into some at some point, and I'm scared to pick him because it might happen on the week I pick him. And I'm going to points race and go Justin Allgaier. Good pick. Uh, if I if I didn't have first pick, I was going to have to deal with that pick, but because I can pick Christopher Bell, I'm going with the 20 car. He's good at Dover. He, yeah, he's, he's won really there good. before. Again, that is the... Use your melon, drive sober 200 at 2 o'clock on Saturday on NBCSN, the final race of the round of 12. 
And if you weren't here earlier with us, the the top seven, Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick, Austin Cendrick, Justin Allgaier, Chase Briscoe, Noah Gregson, really all pretty safe, all at least 25 or more above the cut line. Michael Annette, he's 11 above. Brandon Jones and John Hunter Nemechek, they are 11 back. Ryan Sieg, 37 back. Justin Haley, 39 back. Four drivers, they will go home after this race at Dover. Well, they'll all technically go home. Um because you're gonna live, play semantics they live now. there, but you're gonna play semantics. I mean, yeah. In terms they'll, of they'll be eliminated. Race, they won't go home with the championship trophy. They'll the be eliminated from the playoffs, Jacob. The Cup Series. They're running the Dryden in four hundred <laughs> Sunday on NBCSN at one thirty. What's the name of that one again? It's the Dryden four hundred. Not not near as impressive. The Dryden. Yes. The heck is Dryden? I don't know. Okay. It's a, it's a new sponsor to NASCAR. Cool. They need them. <laughs> they need them. They need them. So I guess thanks to Dryden for sponsoring the race this weekend. So Trevor, who do you have this week? Um, I, I'm i going to go with Martin Truex Jr. This is like one of his three home tracks. Um, he's ran really well there, dominated the summer race there, has three wins there in his career. Give me Martin Truex Jr. And uh, you, you kind of said this. I'm either going to get a lot a lot of points back this week, or we'll just go ahead and hand you the trophy now. I'm taking Kyle Larson, which is for both of us been a hit or <laughs> miss pick this year. Larson, he's run good at Dover. He's had chances to win there, hasn't put the race together, hasn't won yet this season. I think he does that at Dover, and he moves on to the round of eight. Here's my sleeper pick. It's the guy that owns Dover. like Not the guy that actually owns Dover, but the guy that is pretty much owned Dover throughout his career. Jimmy Johnson, ten wins there and thirty-five starts. If there's going to be, a, if he's going to win a race this year, this is probably the most likely. So I, I looked this up last night. Excuse me, eleven wins. I shorted him one. I looked this up last night. So if it sounds like we're picking the same people every week, we're really not. We've we've picked twelve different drivers to win races this year. I've just done it better. You have. I mean, we we can't get around that. I mean, you look at the points. That's how it's been done. I love you know that I had that stretch during the summer where it was like three wins, two seconds, and a fourth or something. It was ridiculous. Um, and well, I was finishing like 25th yeah. every week. I mean, it was like I picked William Byron in Daytona. He somehow finished second. I picked Kevin Harvick to win at New Hampshire. Even though he hadn't won all year, he wins. I picked Eric Jones of Pocono. He finished second. So I just had that really good run. So again, this race is the Dryden 400, Sunday, one thirty. We figure out what Dryden is. No, I did not. Do you want to do that? Yeah, how do you spell it? Just look it up. Okay. Kyle Busch, he heads into this round, 41 above the cut line. Martin Truex Jr., 36. Denny Hamlin, 25. Joey Logano, 24. Kevin Harvick, 23. Chase Elliott and Brad Keselowski, 19. At the bubble, Kyle Larson, he's one point to the good. Alex Bowman, he's one point out. Ryan Blaney, two points back. William Byron, five points back. Clint Boyer, six points back. So this round starting really close. The, the first race of the round of 12. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like I said earlier, when you get to the round of 12, you have obviously less of a buffer. Um, and we saw last year Dover was crazy. Uh, Kevin Harvick had the fastest car, got caught up in a wreck. I think Eric Almirola had a chance to win. He got caught up in another wreck. Brad Kozlowski was in there. No, Harvick had some penalty. It was Almirola got caught up in a wreck. And then Chase Elliott out of nowhere won the race. So it'll be fun. It's going to be a fun weekend. We'll have everything... We'll talk about everything that happened at Dover next week, 3-4, to four, here on X106. That'll do it for us here on the left turn today. Goodbye. Trevor Mater, there it is. We got it today. I'm Jacob Blair.
Thank you for tuning in. Up next is Rewind and Rock with Jim Ferris.